Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. Well, welcome to All Things number 92. Hey, if you have a second, I would love for you to go to um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and rate this show, just so that visibility might increase and those who might be interested in what we talk about here on All Things might be able to find the show. I so appreciate your support and help in that way. Okay, so this was Labor Day week. Hopefully you all had good Labor Days. I don't know what you did, um, but maybe you got some rest, maybe some barbecue, hopefully some fun in the sun, something along those lines. You know, as a nation, we've been observing Labor Day since the late 1800s, and I would say that's probably arguably the height of the Industrial Revolution and some of the worst working conditions here in the United States. But nevertheless, since then, we've been taking this Monday off to at least seek and pursue some rest, or that is the idea anyway. So I thought it might be beneficial this week along those lines to pause and talk about work, especially as work relates to women, because I know that most of my listeners are women. And you all work in a variety of ways. Many of you work at home. Many of you work from home. Many of you go into an office. I know that I have listeners of all ages and stages who are doing all kinds of things. And it's always an honor to hear from you, what you do in your workplace. And I'm just proud of you and cheering for you from here in Colorado. Well, let's start by just talking about what is work? How do we define it? In our secular context, you know, I think work tends to be our title. It's our job title. Um, It's where we go from Monday to Friday, from eight to five. You know, it's sort of our status in the community. We sort of feel proud when we tell people about our work, or maybe we feel a little embarrassed when we tell people about our work. It's it's where we go to get paid. It's um, in the secular context fully. It's what we mean when we say, what do you do when we meet somebody at a dinner party? But as Christians, thinking through work with a biblical lens, we should really be thinking about work a bit differently. Work has a much richer, more robust, deeper, more beautiful meaning when we come at it from a biblical context. Because you and I, as followers of Christ, we know our creator and we know the creator of work. So we have a whole different take on work. Work for us in the body of Christ is really foundational to who we are. It speaks to why we're here, what we're meant to be doing as humans. Beings. So in Genesis, God created Adam and Eve, and he gives them the creation mandate. Maybe you've heard this before. It's Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, where God says, um, the Genesis says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over everything that moves on the earth. Okay, so there's three parts to this. First, God blesses Adam and Eve. I love that. There's just the sweetness the Lord is pleased with his creation, and he gives them a blessing. And he says, go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, but also subdue the earth. And that word subdue is a gentle word. It's having dominion, but in a gentle, caretaking, stewarding kind of way. And so um, the creation mandate really gets at the very heart of why you and I are here. Um, Just prior to the creation mandate, one verse before that, Genesis 1.27, we learn that we are made in God's image. God is creator. God is creative. He makes beauty. He brings life. He seeks justice. He seeks goodness and truth. He seeks the goodness of his people. And we are made in his image. So we represent him. We walk as him. We sort of take after our father as we respond to the creation mandate. Now, of course, the fall happened, you're probably thinking that, in Genesis chapter 3. Sin entered the world and the curse entered the world as well. But what is really noteworthy, and sometimes I don't think we really dwell on the goodness of that, is that the creation mandate remained after the fall. 
in God's grace, Adam and Eve did not die as they deserved. We humans did not die in that moment as we deserved, but there was grace after the fall. And our lives remained, life persisted, and the creation mandate persisted as well. So even after the fall, we humans still multiply and fill the earth. We still subdue the earth. We still work. We still have dominion. Now, there are frustrations in our work, that's for sure. There is sin and death, and there are thorns and thistles, and there is pain. But the good work that God has called us to continues. Life persists. Life, Human life persists. Life on our planet persists through the creation mandate. So we see this beautiful foundation, why we're here, what you and I should be doing anyway, and it's responding walking in God's image, responding to the creation mandate. Now, there's other places in scripture that also speak to work as well and speak really positively. Um, I love Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says, we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I think this is so cool. Like You and I are the result of God's work, and then he has made work for you and me. So the work that you're doing, God prepared for you before you you were even born. And he has placed you exactly when and where you are for a purpose. And that is that you might image him, that you might be his ambassador, his agent, right where you are. He has prepared that work for you, that you should walk in it. I hope that's super encouraging to you today. Colossians chapter 3, 17 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. So if your work is in a classroom, maybe it's in a living room, a kitchen, a nursery, maybe it's in a boardroom. I don't know where you find yourself, but whatever you do in word or deed, that's your work. Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving him thanks. Thanks to God, the father through Jesus. So um, I also love to dwell on the reality that Jesus, our savior himself was a carpenter, you know, worked with his hands, built things with his hands. I think that's really sweet to dwell on. The disciples were fishermen. Lydia was a businesswoman. Um, How about Shipra and Pua, the midwives? Um, Priscilla, the tent maker. I don't know if you've ever noticed in Exodus chapter 36, the story of Oholiab and Bezalel, Um, but there in Exodus 36 verses one through six, the Lord says to Moses, he says this about these workers. I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze and cutting stones for setting and in carving wood to work in every craft. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. I love this image the way that the Lord has made us creative, given us skills and abilities so that we might use them for his purposes. So work is good because we were created to do it. Both men and women were created to work side by side together on mission for the Lord as we steward our lives and the planet that he's given us. You and I are called in scripture ambassadors. We are God's agents in this world. We carry Christ with us wherever it is that we work. You know, one thing I used to say to my daughters when they attended public school in the Czech Republic, which is a very um, spiritually dark place, a very secular nation. I used to say to them, you carry Christ with you when you go through the doors of that school. Jesus is with you. You are a light. You're shining. You take a brightness with you into that school building. And that's true for you wherever you're working is you carry Christ with you. You are his outpost, an outpost of the kingdom in your place of work, whether that's in your home or in an office building or overseas or on the other side of the cul-de-sac, wherever the Lord has taken you, you're an outpost of 
of his kingdom and your work is a gift of his grace to the world. Okay, well, I want to pivot here a little bit and just talk about how we have a tendency in our culture to divide work. Now, here's what I mean. As Christians, I think we often see our work as either sacred or secular. So secular work we think of as like more crass or somehow less important, less meaningful. And we look at sacred work, you know, like the professional Christians, people who are in ministry full-time, and we think, oh, that's the work that really matters. You know, the rest of us are over here in secular work so we can make a paycheck and support the sacred work, but the sacred work is what really matters. And I just want to speak into that and say, we don't see that kind of division of labor, that division in work in scripture. (laughs) What we see in scripture is that all work, whether it's inside the church and it's specifically ministry related or it's outside the church and it has, you know, seems like it has nothing to do with religion or your faith or Christianity. All work is spiritual, no matter what, whether it's blue collar, white collar, in an office, in a home office, whether the pay is good or the pay is terrible. All work is a means of serving God of loving him and loving others. All work is a means of fulfilling the creation mandate. And the reality is our world needs all kinds of workers. In fact, our world especially needs workers who bear Christ with them when they enter the workplace. So if you're a believer working in a secular space or even especially a place that's antagonistic to our faith, antagonistic to the truth or to the gospel of Christ, praise God. I pray that you have the support of your faith family, your local church, your community friends who are willing to hold up your arms when they grow tired. And I know that it can be discouraging. It can be hard. It can be a long slog to be working in a dark place. But my prayer is that you are striving with all of Christ's power in you, all of Christ's energy in you, as Paul says in Colossians. Your role is ordained by God. He has intended for you to be right where you are, and it's crucial for his kingdom. You are doing kingdom work. You bring Christ with you. You bring truth. You bring light. You bring faith. You bring hope. You bring a different kind of love and presence into your workplace when you enter it as a follower of Jesus. Now, another way, we don't only divide work, you know, we don't have this dualistic thinking about sacred and secular. Um, In just that one way, there's another way that we divide work. And I think this is for us, especially as women, we tend to divide our work, whether it's inside the home or outside the home. And I think we could probably have multiple podcast seasons about this issue. There's so much wrapped up in this conversation, so many layers to it. Um, And I don't want to go all there. But what I want to point out is, again, we don't see this kind of division or this kind of dualistic thinking in scripture. What we see in scripture is women loving God and loving others by fulfilling all kinds of roles in creation, roles where they are busy at home, roles where they are busy in business or they're enterprising or they're traveling. They have to have an entrepreneurial spirit. We see a diversity of women in scripture. And so, um, I think it's tempting in our current context to divide or somehow prioritize or give a hierarchy to different kinds of work that women do, but I want to push against that and say we really don't see that in the Word of God. One thing I say all the time, you've no doubt heard me say it on this podcast before if you've listened to very many episodes, it's that our God is creative 
and we are diverse. Our diversity reflects his creativity. So we have a wide array of callings and vocations, a massive spectrum in how we as women who know and love God serve him and seek to build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. You know, if you just think briefly about the women that you know and the women that you love, you know, women in missions or education, women who are moms, maybe biologically foster moms, adoptive moms, women in politics and healthcare and sales, women who are busy caretaking, the young, the old, the sick, the weak, women who are in counseling, women who are in engineering, women who are in mechanics. I mean, women are represented and serving the Lord in every sphere of creation, and that is very good. Every single one of us listening to this podcast has work to do. Every single one of us images God. Every single one of us is called to love others, to love God and to love others. We are each called to push back the darkness. You know, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount that we are called to do good deeds, that others may see our deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. So in other words, your good work, wherever it is, whatever kind of context you find yourself in, your good work allows other people to see it and to ponder it and to be drawn to our Father in heaven. So I want to say, especially to women, let's be cheering one another on in our callings. I think it can be really tempting to create standards or rules in addition to scripture, maybe based on the context that we find ourselves in um, and say, this is really the better way, or we might be tempted to, based on our own perspective, rush to judgment over another woman's calling or role. And I just want to encourage you and me to leave room for the creativity of our God and the diversity of roles that he has for us. And let's spur one another on to good deeds in whatever sphere God has called us to. Okay, so one more pivot before we wrap things up. Since my podcast, All Things, is about current events and trends, I love to include sociological data. You've probably noticed I love data. I love sociology. And so I just wanted to include for fun some data on women and work or women in the labor force. I just thought it was sort of fascinating. This is just for fun, just, you know, aha for you to see and hear about. So women, I thought this was super interesting, have earned more bachelor's degrees than men since 1982, more master's degrees than men since 1987, and more doctorate degrees than men since 2006. So we, as women, are super educated. In fact, it it turns out increasingly far more educated than our male counterparts. We love to learn, apparently. Love that. However, our labor force participation has declined steadily. So our education has been going up, but our participation in the labor force has been going down. It peaked in 1999, which incidentally is the year I married my husband. So the most women were in the workforce during my first year of marriage. Um, It's been declining since then. There was a little bump, a little rise between 2016 and 2019, but it's been falling again, um, especially since the pandemic. Our participation in the workforce has really gone down. So as of July 2022, so a couple months ago, there are still an estimated 579,000 fewer women in the labor force compared to before the pandemic. So just roughly um, over half a million who are not back in the labor force. Um, Interesting about that, women without a college degree have been especially impacted by the pandemic. So among workers with no education beyond high school, the labor force participation of women decreased by six percentage points um, during and after the pandemic compared to only 1.8 or two percentage points for men. So the participation of women went down 6% because of the pandemic. Um, Now that's wider still among workers who don't have a high school diploma. So women who didn't graduate high school, their labor force participation fell by almost 13% 
compared to only almost 5% for men. Um, now, few women who had those jobs, so women without high school diplomas who were working jobs that they were qualified for, few of them are returning to their jobs after the pandemic. And um, people think it's probably because of the low pay and probably really hard and probably fairly poor working conditions. Um, so you can imagine that those women maybe have just made the choice to go ahead and stay home or pursue a different kind of work um, that's not reflected in the labor force ever since the pandemic. One last interesting statistic for you. Women, the participation of women is on the rise in higher paying male dominated interest industries, particularly to the industry of transportation and warehousing and the industry of construction. So in those two places, um, it's up, female participation is up 15% when it comes to transportation and warehousing. I can't say I'm even totally sure what those jobs are, um, but construction jobs, I know what those are. And the um, participation of females is up 7% in that area. So really interesting stuff. Um, I want to make two quick recommendations before I sign off. There's two things out there I want to point you all to. I want to point you to the Ministry of Women and Work. I will link their website in my show notes, but Women in Work exists to see women confidently step into their God-given calling and view their work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I love their heart. I love their perspective. I love the women who work at Women in Work. They have a great blog. They have a great podcast. Um, I would just strongly encourage you to go there for biblical, godly encouragement when it comes to work. And then I also want to point you to the Denver Institute for Faith and Work. This is a local organization that has a national, even an international reach. And they're having a one day conference on October 8th. The conference is called Women, Work, and Calling. And at the conference, they are combining faith, femininity, and work to inspire Christian women for the vital role we play in God's world. So I'll link that in the notes as well, but consider going to that one day conference. You can go online um, and just be encouraged what it means to be a woman and what it means to respond to your calling and to work in this context. So let's go ahead and bring this episode back full circle back to Labor Day. Labor Day was meant to be a day of rest for you and we do need rest. I have written and spoken about um, in so many places how high burnout is, how high discouragement, depression, anxiety is, especially amongst women. Um, We need to be resting. You and I are limited beings. And I think for many of us, we feel that pressure of there's always more work to do. I could always stay one hour later. I could always stay in my office a little longer. I could always do this extra chore. There's always more to be done. There's never enough hours in the day, but a day of rest is good. I hope that you are taking your Sabbath seriously and that you are receiving the good gift from the Lord who commands you, encourages you to rest. Let me leave you with this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle Paul refers to a thorn in his flesh, some kind of limitation, some sort of ailment that keeps him down at times. He pleads with God to take it away. God will not take it away. The Lord says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So I'm asking myself today, I'm asking you, are you delighting in your weakness? Do you embrace your limitations? In your work, are you acknowledging that you can't actually do it all, that you are not God? And like Paul, can we be at peace with that? Actually, even more than that, can we delight in that? Can we boast in that? Because when we work from weakness, 
then we prove that God is strong. God alone is able. God himself gets the glory. We are his ambassadors. And in our work, we are meant to bring him honor to point others to him. So happy late Labor Day, friends. I hope you get some rest this weekend. Thanks for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. So we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now.